Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of We Read It One Night, the podcast where we talk about the romance novels that'll get you all hot and bothered. Today, we're chatting about a book with one of the best concepts I have ever heard, a rabbi and a sex worker falling in love in the intimacy experiment by Rosie Dannon. I'm joined by my good friend Taylor to chat about this book, and we have an absolute blast. Please consider leaving us a rating and review while you're listening and enjoy the show. Hello. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of We Read It One Night. Once again, we're joined by an amazing guest host. This time, it's my friend Taylor, who y'all have not met before, but I'm going to let Taylor introduce herself. Yeah, I'm Taylor. I know Allison because we went to high school together, and um, I don't know what's relevant to know about me. I just graduated law school. That's fun. Woo, yeah. I don't, I'm not a romance novel reader, so this is going to be like a really interesting I feel like yeah. some of it would be my surprises of like how romance novels are structured in general. But yeah, a very raw, honest take, probably. <laughs> Taylor's dogs are barking, listener, just letting you know. They're not, I don't hear them right now, but they may start again. They're There's, very yeah. cute. They're the small little white dogs. One of them is a puppy and they're all related. They're all related. They all look identical. It's like you've cloned your dog two times. It's really great. Um, so if you hear them, that's what they are. I know that we're like a cat centric podcast, but like we like dogs too. And frankly, like Addie, my cat has scratched enough times at the door while we recorded. <laughs> like <laughs> Pepsi's met Addie. So that's fun too. That's true. I did. I did dog sit one of the barking dogs, Pepsi. The cats and him did not get along. <laughs> Hard time. Not insofar as they fought, but like Evie just hid under the bed for the whole week. And Addie was like squaring up every time he came within a foot of her right right and pepsi is the nicest of our dogs so yeah okay so today we are doing the the intimacy experiment by rosie dannon i didn't check the author that's the author yep that's the author that is her i didn't check her before (laughs) but this book is about a former sex worker who currently runs like a sex education empire and a rabbi and when I sent a list of books for Taylor to choose with like short descriptions and this was on it she was like I like I don't I don't know why you sent me anything else yeah I was like oh there's a rabbi and a sex worker and it's gonna be yeah that's gonna be the one for me and honestly (laughs) no regrets I definitely picked correctly this was a great a gateway gateway novel for me because it, you know, I'm Jewish. I love Judaism. Yes. I love thinking about Judaism. There's some themes of that. <laughs> I love queer things. I love thinking about sex positivity. It was, yeah. Yeah. It hit marks. Yeah. I'm glad I thought I thought you would like it. I was like, this seems this seems up Taylor, Taylor's alley. I don't just send anyone the same books, you know, I fair, try to fair. curate the list. I used to send people like a list of 20 books and then they got overwhelmed. So um, yeah, I 20 like four. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, the list was good for me, the five or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. She's also bisexual and they're both Jewish. Obviously the rabbi at the beginning is the only Ethan um, is the only practicing Jew. Um, but I thought there, there was like a lot. I mean, obviously I've read books with like other <laughs> Jewish mm-hmm. protagonists before and like we've done them on the podcast but I felt like it with this really 
sort of got in, like you really got a lot of details about Judaism that people who aren't Jewish don't know as much. Like it wasn't just like Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, like that, you know, the high holidays. No, they definitely really got into it. They really, I feel like one of the things that I was taking away from it the whole time was I was like, a Jewish person obviously wrote this. And like, you can tell in terms of like how it's, how the themes run throughout and just some of it was interesting because some of it I was like interesting I don't know if that's what I would think about it but then a lot of it was just like the way that tradition was embedded the way that like different values were talked about definitely felt to me like like it was incorporated into the plot not just like a character trait that they said never talk about yeah yeah I really liked that yeah. Um, and I felt like even though like obviously like I was raised Christian but I was like I feel like this is like healing my inner religious child mm-hmm. a little bit like yes. <laughs> like what's going on here more Definitely. so like at the first because I'd read this before and th- I didn't I didn't have that feeling the first time it hit it hit also because I feel like so on the one hand they have the whole thing going on with religion and like you know Naomi slash Hannah the protagonist yeah. her, her whole struggle with religion but then on the other hand they have the whole thread going on about like relationships and like how to have healthy relationships yeah and for me, that was hitting like the ending of the book hit me hard like oh absolutely literally okay so the premise of the book is that like Ethan gets Naomi to um teach like a modern intimacy course like at his synagogue because he's trying to like recruit the youth and you like you know get get the youth to come to his synagogue and I normally don't love when books have like long scenes where it's one character like teaching or like giving a Mm. speech or something because I just like feel like they're hard to do well but this time I was like I want to take this (laughs) is this course real can I take the class like Like, Rosie did did you base this on something because I would (laughs) like to take that course thank you (laughs) no I was literally legitimately taking notes on some of her lectures um yeah because I was yeah well and I think it's also really interesting the way that like she has her lecture moments but then he's also obviously the main rabbi at the synagogue and so he also has his little sermon like things that are embedded in there and so there's a lot of knowledge like a lot of messaging that's happening yeah a lot of like unpacking of a lot of like it's not I feel like it's presented in a way not of not like the author being like you should think of it this way but like here's an interesting way to think about it that you may not have thought before which was really cool and this is the second book in a series, but you don't have to read the first book, which I know for sure, unlike other times that I've said, you don't need to read the first book because I read this one first and I wasn't wow. confused. So I was like, I know you don't have to read the first book. You definitely, yeah. I had a friend who was reading this book out loud with me for part of the time <laughs> because I like to co-read. And and she was like, wait a minute, I know Shameless. Like, I I know about this book, but I haven't read this book. So I guess she had read the other book in the universe. So I started this book immediately ready to fight, um, fight anyone who was mean to Naomi ever. I was mm. like, I no, ready. Like, she obviously can fight herself. Like, we got, we have a scene in which she demonstrates that she can't fight. But I was like, I'm, I'm there as backup. Like, I'll be in the background, like, bouncing give him the old one too. <laughs> yes no definitely it starts out from a place of you being like okay Naomi has clearly seen some stuff in her life and is has some big walls up um and oh, is yeah. like badass and cool but also a little bit guarded so for me I spent a lot of the time being like what happened to her like what is the context for this um but also very relatable 
like relatable to like yeah walls up like that so I yeah I also was in her court from the beginning yeah and yeah I was like is is this me (laughs) like am I uh being called out here because I feel like I'm being called out a little bit uh she does have this monologue in the beginning where she um she talks she's like I she's talking about how she's a grenade in life or whatever like she likes to challenge people and like I was like all for that and then she was like I also like to like step up right to the edge of like things that can hurt me and she like says something about like a cigarette like as part of like that metaphor and like fully understand that but was also violently reminded of Augustus Waters from The Fault in Our Stars where he's like you put the thing between your mouth that has the power to kill you but you don't let it kill you (laughs) wow I was like I I am violently reminded of of John Green (laughs) that book I feel like the other metaphor that happened in the beginning that I was like I spent a long time in the beginning trying to figure out the names because so she has like okay so she she's introduced as Naomi Grant but then we're very quickly told that she like has her original name is Hannah Stern is that how you think you say that Stern is it does it I only listen to it so is it an N or an M it's an M I believe it's a Stern yeah um yeah and so I, the whole time I like I was trying to figure out the metaphor of like a, I think she's like a superhero is like the metaphor that they start yeah. things out with and so to me I was thinking like well who is the original person like is she gonna take off the mask is this gonna yeah. come full circle which I do feel like it does like it does kind of come full circle yeah but, um yeah an interesting start to have two names for the protagonist like yeah that. And very much referred to as two different people, like throughout yeah. most of the book. Like they're like Hannah Stern is like a young teenager that like, you know, is different than Naomi. But I also think that it's good. I really like that. I mean, by the end, she doesn't. It's not like she goes back to being Hannah Stern. Right. You know what I mean? She doesn't be called that, which is like good because it's like you know, like what she chose to do isn't bad. Mm-hmm. You know, there were just some reasons that needed to be unpacked. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. I will just say also this book totally takes place in L.A. And I've been it living does. in It LA. says it takes place in L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been living in L.A. for the past two years. Oh. And I think they did a very good job of the, like, layout of L.A. Like, they're in West Hollywood. Yeah. They go, like, yeah. I, I would just throw that in there. That I don't know whether Rosie Dannon lives in L.A. She must have been. So we meet Ethan. And my note for Ethan is that Ethan is not like other rabbis, TM. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly the point of, yes. Like, not in a bad way. Right. But, like, like, I I feel like we even get close to the phrase, not like other rabbis. No, all the time. It's, like, non-traditional, like, unimaginable, like, on the fringe. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) I get it. I get it. He's alternative. He's woke. I, like, yes. Yes. Yeah. He's reform Judaism, but he's also yeah. like very liberal, even within reform Judaism, which right. from my understanding is like the more like liberal. Yeah. Yeah. So basically like in Judaism, we have not to like explain the whole thing, but I feel like people generally don't necessarily know this, that we have no effects yeah. of Judaism. And so reform would fall more on the side of the traditions are there, but you should interpret them as you will. And we take some things and we leave some things. And 
not all reformed Jews like do every Shabbat or keep kosher. It's a mix of different things versus like conservative Judaism or Orthodox Judaism. You like do all the things, most almost all the things. Yeah. So yeah, it is more like loose in terms of that. And I feel like it makes sense why a reform synagogue would have these workshops. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's still like supposed to be like not like other rabbis, which I think is funny because in my head, like reform Jewish rabbis are like lefty queer or trans people who like run like fun workshops. Like I'm like, this I mean, would be totally this would be he's like straight, but otherwise right on the money. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, this could be my shul. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I feel like he does have a little bit of a complex where he thinks that he's like super different in a way that maybe he's not yeah. as different as he thinks he is. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's also that kind of comes up a lot more because there is tension. There's still tension within his synagogue that, you know, there's like um, the older because most of them are like older people, most of the Mm -hmm. members. So there's a lot of them being like a porn star teaching the classes. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Like, yeah. So I feel like his he has to sort of activate the not right. He has to like drink the not like other rabbis Powerade a lot mm. to like juice up <laughs> right yeah yeah and I feel like he's also just very genuine like he come like his whole thing is like he's just like a good guy not in a oh, yeah not in a slimy way but in a like very genuine kind of naive yeah. way he's a At golden retriever yeah he's a, yeah <laughs> he's a golden ret- he's a golden retriever man like right. and she's a black cat and I love it Like, I love, like, he's the golden retriever puppy that the family just bought and the established black cat is like, what the fuck have you brought into my house? And then a month later, they're cuddling and that's it. (laughs) So I'm hearing that if we had let Pepsi stay at your house, Pepsi is my dog for another month, maybe your cats would have started to No, um, no. (laughs) Evie might have not been afraid of it, but Addie would have been ready to square up at all. Okay, okay, okay. I tried. (laughs) She No, she's... She's ready to fight. That's why she stays so fat because mm. she's like dense, and so she can like throw herself at this. Amazing, yeah. But so Ethan is like he's very dedicated to his congregation. Yeah, and he's a new. He didn't like grow up wanting to be a rabbi. Like he was a physics teacher, like a high school physics teacher, and then his dad died, and he like turned to faith. But also, right. I think it was funny that he was like honestly, like at the beginning, like I just really liked school, and so like. Like rabbinical yeah. school is just an opportunity to go back to school. Which honestly, I feel that really hard as someone who's like always been in and out of Jewish education, but doing other things. I'm I'm always like, well, you know, it. I could see it happening. Like you could, <laughs> it's a great fallback option. You just fall um, into being a rabbi. <laughs> you could just fall into it. You know, it's one of the happiest careers in terms of. Is it? Know, like working for like a clergy or a religious institution. Yeah. Oh wow! That's it's like all like religious institutions, not just Judaism. I know about Judaism, but I would imagine it could be transferable. Try to think about whether Christianity, like I don't know I whether don't know priests. About I don't know whether that appeals to priests. Well, speaking of Christianity, it's Ethan gave me very much youth pastor vibes, but not in like uh, the horrible religious trauma youth pastor vibes that like ex evangelicals like me have. Mm-hmm. But just in like he's like cool and like he's your friend and he's like hey he's like, relatable to me yeah he's also a short king he's a short king which we love 
because that never happens in romance novels. Right. It's very rare. And it, we get explicitly like, not only does he describe himself as short, but Naomi is also like, I would definitely be taller than him if I wore heels, which implies that they're like the same height. And mm-hmm. I was like, we love to see it because especially nowadays, because there's, I mean, this is a tale as old as time for romance novels where you have like big, big man, hero, small, tiny, tiny girl mm. his his like hands can span her waist like it, oh it's like not that's that how big vibe. he is it's no no no, it's not vibe. that but i'm saying that's a tale as old as time and it's really really come back with a vengeance in contemporary romance right now mm. which is also just like you know i i will say like as a queer person reading romance i think one of the reasons that i haven't read romance novels is because a lot of them are straight and I understand yeah. that now there's a lot more out there. And I think that's great. Yeah. Um, and I'm a big fan of the television shows that span from the romance, the queer romance novels. But the like the those types of narratives of like big man, small woman, like mm-hmm. to me, not only is it like overused, but it's actively boring. Like because I just those are just not things that I think they're not for you. Yeah, they're not for me. But this felt for me. And then I was like, yeah, this is just like two people coming together with their different issues use and like they're both full characters and we we can just learn about them and so this one actually even though it's like okay Naomi is a guy but like she's this is about her and a man yeah was way more interesting than I expected it to be yeah and I mean listen like I definitely I personally there are sometimes when I'm like I am in the mood for a large man and a tiny lady fighting (laughs) and making out like that's what I want right and some but sometimes I'm like okay and we get enough. something new <laughs> because because like I mean that's the thing with tropes is like tropes are they're such a big part of romance and they're really great because they tell you exactly what you're going to get like mm-hmm. if I give you a book and I'm like it has these tropes you could be like oh I want to read it because I know that I like those but also because of that because they're so common and like familiar right if you don't add your own spin to them it gets boring really quickly Definitely, and also yeah. just like straight romance gets boring really quickly <laughs> Because there's so yeah. much more of it. Okay, wait. To circle back to this Ethan Rabbi thing. Yeah. I will say that, like, it also stretches to his, like, dynamic with his family and his dynamic with dating. Where he thinks that no one will want... Like, the thing that I thought was a little bit maybe silly, maybe interesting, was he was like, no one's going to understand how to date me because I'm a rabbi. Or, like, there's these big expectations for whoever I date because I'm a rabbi. And I felt like his sister, Leah, did such a good job of, like, kind of making fun of him for that. Like, there was one time, like, on page 41, where she was like, Ethan's afraid of dating. He's worried no one will ever understand him now that he's a rabbi. (laughs) And I just, like, literally, like, that's a funny sibling dynamic. And also, like, yeah, it is a little silly. Like, I think, yeah. He, so, well, yeah. he has like a lot of insecurity about being around because he's like so new to it and he didn't grow up like practicing right you know right consistently yeah but I can I mean I can also say I don't know like if I met someone and they told me that they were something like a member of the clergy especially like the member of a clergy who like is the head of like mm. the religious place that they are mm-hmm. head of <laughs> I feel like I would be a little bit like okay well what does that mean for me like, do yeah. I need to convert? How how active do you expect me to like mm. be in that? Would I have to help you organize events? Would I have to like host Shabbat every Friday? Like what mm-hmm. what would you need me to do? 
So That's like, fair. I see that. I guess because I'm Jewish, maybe I was like, well, I feel like. You're like, I do this anyway. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't do it that much. But I'm like, I, I think also just because I'm like, it's reform. The reform. Yeah. Reform, you know, like it is kind of squishy. Like you can do a yeah. little bit of. Yeah. Yeah. But... I mean, I wouldn't immediately like cancel, like discount someone. Right. You know, no, if I was into them, thing. but I would be like, okay, well, what does that mean? Because that's not like a regular, yeah. it's not a regular job. Like they don't just have a nine to five office right. job. That's like pretty separate from like. It is part of your life. It is part of your personal yeah. life and your personal relationships. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, honestly, like, it's kind of funny that that is, it's kind of interesting that that's the dynamic because on the other hand, I feel like Naomi's job is also very, like, she's not, she's no longer like participating in active sex work, but she's still a sex work educator. Yeah. Um, and I feel like oftentimes the conversation around like dating or like having romantic relationships with sex workers is like a, it's part of your personal life. So I don't know yeah. if I can incorporate it so it's interesting to kind of flip it the other way like that yeah yeah no I definitely I had a thought later I I forget where my note is for this but like I was like they on the surface are like so different but like they have the same internal wound (laughs) like they're the same even though their backstories are also incredibly like yeah I was like damn look at you healing each other and understanding each other (laughs) Okay, yeah. So he they meet at like a conference and he comes up to her and she thinks he's hitting on her. He's like, I have a proposition for you. And she's like, excellent. He's hot. We're going to go fuck. <laughs> this Absolutely. is great. But he's just like, no, I want you to teach her my, my synagogue. And she's like, oh my God, no, I can't. Like religious childhood trauma. Can't do it. And but later on, she's like, she's like thinking about him. She's like, oh, like he's trying to like lead me down the path of righteousness or something like he's trying to like like I'm I'm gonna mm. be like converted or whatever and all I could think was in the emperor's new groove um <laughs> stay with me here okay you know Kronk okay. yeah and how he has the two little like the angel and the devil yes, and like yes. the devil at one point is like he wants you to go on the path of righteousness I'm trying to lead you down the path that rocks wait <laughs> I remember that scene like I Vividly. actively remember that scene yes it's a great scene and you know what Ethan is both leading her down the path of righteousness and the path that rocks because you don't expect it but Ethan's like a little bit of like he has a little bit of a dominant side in the bedroom like he's not a dom but like he's you're like oh yeah he's sure once once I feel like I feel like he's very concerned about making sure that she he's very concerned in the beginning especially about like this being a professional relationship and making sure that oh, she yeah. feels respected and not like crossing any lines but then when he starts to like her I feel like he's like well that would be insulting of me to like bring that up because I'm sure she gets that all the time yeah but I do but once like all the doors are opened and like he like it is clear that that she does want that like he is yeah like he's not like whatever about it he's he's in He's rolling up the sleeves. He's yeah. like, all right, like, let's and he get made down that to business. very clear to her. Like, he was very much like, I want to make very clear to you that this is not going to be like me. He's been like, I want to fuck you. And I want to make that very clear. Yeah. Later. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, with your consent, I would yes. like to dick you down. Right. <laughs> like, yes. Like, I'm not. Because she, well, because she was like, wait, well, going back to the whole, like, what does it mean to date a rabbi thing she literally was like so do you want to not have sex till marriage or like she kind of expected that which oh, i was yeah. backing up about yeah wait is that a thing in judaism 
Like this, no sex course, before yes. marriage in Orthodox Judaism. Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. Well, I would and expect some, it from Orthodox, but yeah. And some conservative Jews, for sure. Yes, like I have friends who are conservative Jews who got married when we were like nineteen or twenty, so that uh-huh. that could happen. They could <laughs> but in Reform Judaism, absolutely not at all. Like I've okay. never, I've never met an actual Reform Jew who would who would do that. I mean, maybe people do, and I just don't. I mean, you might not know, but in general, no, that's not a thing. I mean, like I, I mean. I know, I know, Jew. I don't know like a ton of Jewish people. I'm not part of the Jewish community the way that you are, but like, I feel like none of the Jewish people that I met are like, yeah, I'm waiting until marriage. No, that would be like very novel. Which is interesting because I think Hannah was like, she grew up Reformed Jewish. Like her mom, so her mom's Quaker, which is like a whole, mm-hmm. a whole insecurity of hers. And then her right. dad's Jewish. But like, so it seems like it doesn't seem like she grew up Orthodox. Like she grew up. Right. No, it Jewish. seems like maybe she would know that. Like to the extent that I, I kind of marked it and was like, this might be not, this is maybe a little unrealistic. So I think yeah. that, but Maybe it's just because he's a rabbi. She's like, I don't know if you just yeah. take things more seriously because you're a rabbi. It could be that. It could be that. Because, you know, there are reformed Jews who like keep kosher and do a lot of the things. It's just like not everyone does. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. But I love that their whole vibe, speaking of like romance tropes, like their vibe feels very much like um, a gender bent version of like the rake slash wallflower dynamic in historical romance, which Mm, I don't know if you learned what those were from Bridgerton, but okay. So the rake is basically like. Also, I'm still in Bridgerton, so no spoilers. No, this isn't a spoiler. This is like a classic historical romance trope. Good, good, good. Classic. The rake slash wallflower, like the wallflower is like the shy girl who's like overlooked. Like she's usually like 24. <gasps> oh my God, she's okay. so old in like historical. <laughs> like she's on the <laughs> shelf. Like she's shy. She's, she's, she doesn't get invited to dance. That's why she's called right. the wallflower. And then the rake is like the sexy, like Lothario man horror. Like, and then their dynamic of like, he's like, you know, teaching her to like, mm. Come out. It's interesting because I feel like that was the dynamic at the beginning. And then obviously we're like, oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Eden is not a wallflower. But at the yeah. beginning, I was like, it's it, it's it, it was cool to see a gender version of that because I feel like that's very rare. You it's very rare that you get like the Lotharia and right. like the wallflower of man. Definitely. Yeah. And I do feel like it's I, I think that it's also realistic in that I'm like, yeah, like if I had a crush on someone who like talks about and thinks about sex as their daily job I might be a little intimidated in thinking about having sex Mm -hmm. with them it makes sense to me like why he would be a little and I also just think like his character is a little bit more reserved not in a way that he thinks what Naomi's doing is like negative in any way but just that like he like that's not his personality yeah yeah that dynamic definitely comes across and I do feel like it is kind of dismissed later when they actually yeah. start having a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, he's been trying so hard to be professional this whole time. And this book is also, like, a slow burn. Like, they don't It's a big slow burn. Until the end, which is really interesting because, so the first book is, like, a lot hotter in terms of, like, mm. the number of sex scenes and the number of sex scenes, like, early. Which is interesting. And, like, I don't know, like, I, I know why, like, it makes sense that, like, Naomi and Ethan didn't, like, get physical earlier because like she has like the sex worker past and you really want to like establish the foundation of like that's not what this is for him 
But mm. then it's interesting because the first book is Josh and Clara and Josh is a former sex worker, like Naomi's like co-star slash ex-boyfriend. Mm. But they like very quickly kind of start. Yeah, I definitely remember being like more than halfway through the book by the time yeah. I was like, oh, okay, now it's now we're going to start with this. And even that part was a slow burn. But yeah, there was a big tonal shift. Like the first half of the book literally is just like an understanding of them as people and their jobs and like yeah. they're building these workshops. Yeah, it very much is like a friends to lovers. Yeah, situation. like a co-workers slash friends. Yeah, which honestly is kind of hot. Like the idea that like he's like, oh, I can't like we couldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we got to keep it professional. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. Which is so much harder to do in contemporary than it is in historical romance. Because historical romance is like, I can't be alone with him because then I'll be ruined. But like, mm. it's so much harder to say why they can't be together in contemporaries because you're just like, you're two adults, just go fuck. Like, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, and I genuinely felt like, oh, I don't know if they could. Like, I, I mean, I obviously thought that they would because it's a romance novel, but I... But I was kind of like, yeah, I see the dilemmas of this, especially from yeah. Ethan's side. Like I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I would see why bringing something like that up would be what could like be really risky in terms of yeah. like the level His of respect. Career, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I mean, that's a good romance novel is that even though, you know, like the comfort of the romance novel is that, you know, it's going to have a happy ending. But like a good romance novel will make you be like, how the fuck are we going to get there? Right. For yeah. like most of the book. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I just want to say that at one point, Claire is like, Naomi, you could write like a tell all memoir about like what's it like to be a sex worker and it would be a bestseller. And I was like, honestly, like when I was an editor, I would have acquired that. But like right. that would be a book that I would have acquired. <laughs> 100% <laughs> especially because she has like a platform like she already has like an audience like a built-in yeah. I would have been like like go into the CEO being like I need $500,000 for this woman like thank you very much absolutely yeah, Claire comes through with a lot of really good ideas like that I feel like throughout the book yeah she I mean Naomi doesn't but I was like you should you right. should and if I ever go back to publishing you should call me <laughs> this is a PSA it's a PSA to Rosie Dannon. Rosie, write that book. Rosie. First, Rosie needs to write the relationship, the modern intimacy course. Yes. That's Can what we I get want. that released, please? I would like that, please. <laughs> Do like a masterclass, like an online, like. Right. I would really appreciate that. <laughs> I would love that. And then we can have Naomi's right. tell all. The tell all. Yeah. Memoir. Right. Just, yeah, the whole thing of it. The, the, the advice given in the in the units of the course to me were actually it was useful I was like this is I was like Rosie how did you get so emotionally intelligent are you a secret like therapist like yeah, where does actually- this emotional intelligence coming from like not that I like doubt it but like I wouldn't have that <laughs> I yeah. feel like most people don't yeah no yeah, but then we get Ethan and his mom and his sister. And I was a little I did get a little momentarily steamed, but then I was like immediately this mm. is fine. When his mom, his like sister like works in reality TV, so like she's coming back for mm. like she's coming back for a bit and his mom's like a big time Hollywood agent, which also I would like to say like the fact that he comes from generational wealth 
does make his like, I'm going to like change my life and be a rabbi a little bit. Like, I know he's like, no, my mom's rich. Like, I'm not rich. Right. But I'm like, but that's yeah. not a real, that's not a real thing. I, I rolled my eyes hard at that because that's not a real thing. Like, that's not what wealth is. If like, your mom's rich, you're rich. Because like, you're not going to be home. You know what I mean? Like, if what, you like lose you your job. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay. But yeah, so he's telling him, I was a little bit mad when his mom, so his mom invites him over for dinner with the sister and it's Friday and he's like, what about Shabbat? And she was like, oh, and he was like, oh, she forgot about Shabbat. And I was like, God damn it. Like Ethan's family. Like I was like ready to like fight them for like (laughs) not taking his, his religion and his job seriously. But then I was like, but then like immediately you get like, oh, it's like not that they are like actively against it. They're just like, they don't really know what to do with it. And Ethan's right. being like, I don't want to be a burden on them. Right. So like, he's not really looping them in as much as he could too. Right. Because I'm also like, look, Shabbat's not that big a thing. Like it's, of course it's great. And it happens every week, but it happens every week. So it's not like this huge thing. Like you just, you light a few candles, you bless them line, you eat a little challah. Like he could just bring the materials there and do Shabbat. Like it's not like it has to be in a particular place at a particular time like I feel as though he could it could be incorporated and that's on both sides like I feel like his mom yeah. could learn a little bit about what it is so she yeah. would realize that but also he could communicate like yeah I mean his mom's Jewish too like here like the whole family right. is Jewish so like they know they're they just don't really practice like they're they right. they're the you know type of religious people that just go for like the big holidays and like that's it yeah yeah yeah, which is, like, exactly the tension. That is the difference, is, like, people like that don't do, like, Shabbat. But they should know what it is enough to be, like... Yeah. This would. I think she be- just forgot. She just didn't think. She was, like, that's yeah. not a concern. But then she, right. she, like, forgets the prayer. Like, she's, like, stumbling through the prayers, mm-hmm. you know, when they're doing it. Um, And I was, like, I was in Fiddler on the Roof, and there's a scene where we do Shabbat. <laughs> I was, like, I can picture what's going on. I distinctly remember that. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. What was I? Wait. What was I going to say? Why do I keep losing my train of thought? You say two interesting things, and then like I oh, start thinking about what you're saying, and then like, <laughs> God, tail. I'll try to be less interesting. Oh, during the Shabbat, this wasn't what I was going to say. This is another thing. I was going to say they talk about eating the like brisket for mm-hmm. Shabbat, and I was like, I'm vegetarian. But this is, like, a common problem, particularly for, like, meat in books. Mm -hmm. Like, for some reason, every time it's described, I'm like, I bet that would be the most delicious fucking thing. I've got to tell you, you have no idea. Because yet I was finishing this book up yesterday. Yesterday was Yom Kippur. I was fasting the last, like, couple chapters of the book. The amount of times (laughs) that food was brought up while I was sitting there (laughs) fasting I was actively having a hard time. damn it. (laughs) Yes. Like, uh, there's a lot of food in this book. There's a lot. Yeah. It's really Jewish, which is, you know. But yeah, no, there, yeah, the brisket sounded great. I'm trying to remember what it was that they were, uh, I'll I'll, I'll tell you if I remember, but they were eating some other really good things in the last couple pages. (laughs) Yeah, so we get these side characters. He's telling them about the modern, like, hiring Naomi. um, and his sister's like, oh, my God, I love her. I'm like a platinum member on her like site or whatever. And at, at some point she's like, oh, like that course is really great. Like, especially because like I never know whether I'm dating someone because like I'm actually into them or because like I'm bored. And I was like, 
like maybe I'm about to expose myself right here, but I could ne- I can never ever imagine dating someone because I'm bored. Like, yeah, it's so much work. It's so much effort. And I know. Listen, Naomi gives like a whole speech about how it shouldn't be like so much work or effort. But I was like, girl, it is for me, especially yeah. like. Honestly, I didn't even know. I didn't even notice that line. I think because I just like also didn't really relate to it. So I was like, okay, I'm moving on. Yeah, but I did think it was cute that that she's so Leah is so like enamored by Naomi. By Naomi, like she's like, like oh my god, my brother like has this really cool friend now, celebrity crush. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because at one point there's like a singles mixer, and Naomi is like. Oh, oh yeah. like that girl in the corner looks cute, and he turns around. And he's like, "That's, That's my, my sister." sister. Yeah, shit, shit, which shit. is also amazing. What? Because then they do the little dating rotation thing, and she talks to her because they're they're like, or yeah, because because Ethan and his sister are on one side of the circle, obviously, so they don't face each other, and Naomi's on the other side, so she like has a like speed date with his sister, yeah. and he's like, "Don't look over there." Like he's like, "God, would it be that cruel?" Would <laughs> which is great which was great but yeah so basically she agrees to do it like out of spite and i like that i like that she chooses to do most things out of spite right i think also like if you can see how it's also like a defense mechanism and then like sometimes it fails yeah so naomi gives her first lecture and it goes great she's like wow i love this there's like five people there but she's like this is fucking awesome but then mm-hmm. she's like, actually, I can't do the rest of this extra series because it may make me feel like I have community and like friends. <laughs> and I absolutely cannot allow that <laughs> in my life. Right. She I kind of like gets that. scared. She kind of gets scared about it. Yeah. Support? What is that? Like, I never heard of her. Oh, and we also forgot to say that the reason that Naomi wants to do the lecture series is because. They were like her and Ethan like met at that like teacher training workshop something and like she was talking about how she really wanted to take her platform of shameless like a sex education website slash online learning platform and do live lecture. And so Ethan was like oh come do these live lectures at my synagogue. So like she also like has stakes in this and that is like the first time that she ever live lecturing so i feel like kind of part of the reason why she back was trying to back out was because she was like oh shit wait like this is actually hard yeah oh that's what my note meant about <laughs> i wrote a note that it, at the beginning i was like listen like naomi's right about ac- academic like academia being shitty but i'm getting a lot of secondhand embarrassment right now and i was like why was i getting a lot of secondhand embarrassment about her not being able to book Univer- like talking about universities oh, yeah. and I was like oh it's because just now I was like it's because she gives the big monologue she stands up at the conference and she just monologues yeah. for five minutes about like all this and I was like girl you're right but like oh she does a lot of that yeah I yeah. feel really <laughs> uncomfortable for you right now <laughs> yeah yeah and she's also like no institution would ever have me whatever whatever so Ethan's saying my synagogue will have you she at first she was like no way but then it happened and she went. Yeah. But now she's going to back out. And we get a classic romance scene, which is, oh no, I have something on my shirt. And so now we must interact semi-intimately so that you can get the stain out for me. Classic. Right. We love it. He gets pen on his shirt. I don't know <laughs> how it happens. <laughs> um, 
and she that. like starts trying to get it out and they're like you know close and he she's like oh my god i'm touching his chest and he's like oh my god she's touching my chest and like they're both just like spontaneously combusting a little bit but they're rudely interrupted by an old man one of the many there are many old man side characters mm-hmm. they got very confused in my head was it one of the board people maybe so there's ira jonathan and maury yeah so Maury's- maybe it was jonathan's the dick so jonathan's the dick ira's the other guy on the board who's kind of nicer but still difficult and yeah. maury is like a homie maury is like the like he works at the jcc or something he like he's just he there like, he's like, always there being cool. funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> i liked maury i liked maury but yeah jonathan is there and like they talk yeah outside the office but they don't close the door and so like you know as soon as this happens you're like okay i think ira is the one because ira comes to ira comes to ethan first and is like there's gonna be an issue with the fact no no no. but this conversation is jonathan because jonathan starts Mm. saying some like misogynistic anti-sex worker things and ethan is like no yeah let's put a stop to that shut the fuck up you're not gonna talk about her like that in front of me and at first she's like, oh my God, he's defending my honor. But then he says something that she's like, oh, he would defend anyone's honor. But you know what? Yeah. I, I still appreciate it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I, I still like it. And this is when she decides not to back out out of pure spite. She's like, oh yeah. Then she digs her heels in and is like, you know what? Actually, actually let's show you. them a thing or two. Yeah. You're like, oh, you don't like that? Um, I'm going to do it 10 times worse. Thank you. Right. It's great. And oh yeah, she's driving with Clara. So she she gets Clara. Clara does like PR, and she does she gets Clara to like do PR for the synagogue, like for the lessons and stuff. And they're driving to meet Ethan for it. And she like Clara turns on the radio, and Naomi's been listening to like tapes about like Reform oh, yeah. Judaism. And I was like, she's like, well, I'm I'm just listening to it so I can reconnect with my heritage. No other reason. It's it's just for me, right? What? <laughs> nothing triggered this and then she also joins the other synagogue she like joins the class at the other synagogue because she wants to learn more but like she doesn't want ethan to think it's about him because they're like just professional then still yeah it's all about that she's like i gotta keep it professional so like i'm gonna go into his rival synagogue (laughs) which is the one he grew up at but yeah his yeah it's like now it's like his main competitor and like later when he sees her, he like sees her outside. He's like, oh my God, like, what are you doing here? And like his whole internal thing is like, I mean, it's a great synagogue. I know. Cause like I went there yeah. and like, I'm about to have coffee with a rabbi and like, she's really great. But like, oh man. Yeah. He's kind of like, damn. Okay. Yikes. He's like, I get it. But like, I'm still a little sad puppy boy right now. Yeah. Naomi, like we get some of her backstory about how she was like scared of telling people she was Jewish in mm. high school because she heard like a boy say like a slur not like to her but just like a general slur and then she was like oh okay it's not safe here which was very sad it made me right yeah yeah and then how because of that and then, but she also didn't feel like she was part of the jewish community because her mom's not jewish and in like more conservative jewish circles your mom has to be jewish in order to like for you to be considered jewish right. Which notably is not the case in reform synagogues. Like, that's not the rule. The mm-hmm. national reform, whatever. <laughs> that's not what they say. They say if either of your grandparents are Jewish and you identify as Jewish, if any of your grandparents are Jewish and you identify as Jewish, 
Okay. So my question is then, what if you convert? You can also convert. But like, Converting are you legit considered? Yeah. If you convert, you convert, then you're Jewish. Okay. It's just what's confusing is that Judaism is like a religion and also an ethnicity. And so if you yeah. convert, then you're not going to be ethnically Jewish. Like you're just yeah. not going to, you might not have like, you know, a gluten intolerance. <laughs> but you can still be Jewish. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, it's a real tension. I get it. Um, I think a lot of people do feel that way. And I also think, you know, she obviously doesn't look so Jewish to people that like it would be obvious. And like I think she had blonde hair in high school. Yeah. Thing. She has like so, red hair now, but yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I get I get how she could feel like, oh, maybe I should just not with this, especially since her family wasn't like that actively practicing. Yeah. And I mean but, later on, Jonathan, dickbag Jonathan. Yeah. Like brings up the fact that her mom isn't Jewish and Ethan is right. like excuse me the national reform whatever right well that's said. how Ethan schools him yeah because he's like actually that's really not a problem he's like I think you're at the wrong synagogue Jonathan right. maybe you want to go down the street <laughs> but also I'm like to me I was shocked because I was like it's really also like at least I mean I guess maybe it's different who a rabbi dates but in general it's not like a thing of like oh you can't come here like it's a pretty open the communities yeah. that I'm a part of, I think it's open. mostly like, it's just not... that she's that they're dating. I think that's. Like I think the it's main. that she they're dating, and also that she's a sex worker, so they're yeah. extra angry. Like I think that if yeah. she was just like a regular regular woman who had like a nine to five job, then yeah. maybe he would be like, "Oh, she should convert." Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Anytime I talk about people converting, all I can think of is Ivanka Trump, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, I was very into uh, that. I hate it a lot. But now we're going to the singles mixer. I think that's after the second lecture. I'm not going to like stop and be like, and now the second lecture happened. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, so she runs in classes. Oh, the speed dating thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. nobody shows up because Ethan insisted he organized it himself. And I thought it was very funny that he failed at being a Yenta. Yeah. For. <laughs> exactly he's like oh (laughs) he's like very embarrassed and everyone like people keep like naomi walks in and then his sister walks in and they're like where is everyone and he's like telling everybody like like, oh we're just running late yeah Yeah, so she comes and naomi comes and like she didn't have to come and that was sweet and like then she kind of like saves it and like sets it up and they do the little circles yeah and Ethan, he they like during their like 15 minute portion or whatever, like she's like, what makes you get out of bed in the morning or whatever? And he gives this whole like philosophical speech about how he loves to like make people feel seen. And like mm-hmm. if anyone else, fictional or otherwise, gave this speech, I would want to punch them in the face because it's yeah. so like hoity-toity. Like not, hero. I don't know. I'm, I yeah. everyone. Yeah, it's so like the dramatic music swells, like he stands with his hands on his hips. But I was like, you know what? Ethan can get away with it. Yeah, he really can. Because <laughs> like you know that he genuinely believes that 100 percent Right, right. Yeah, and I feel like even if you were like a little bit sus about the genuineness of it in that context, the re- what happens later that day mm. in the bar. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that for me was what, because I feel like this is supposed to be the moment where Naomi is supposed to be like, oh, wait, maybe I actually really like him. Not just like, because before that, she's like, he's really hot. 
She's like, I want to fuck him. Right. But I feel like after the speed dating slash the bar fight thing, then she's like, okay, this is like, he's like a good person. Yeah. Well, she thinks she thought he was a good person. Now she's well, like, like, he's a person. She's like, oh, I'm this could be like serious. Like, I, yeah. I, I should take this seriously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we keep bringing up the bar fight. A little tease. Yeah. Taylor, yeah. what happens? Okay. So basically, like, I think they're just like they do the speed dating thing. It's in a bar, and so then after yeah. it's over, they're all kind of hanging about, chatting, and I think that like one guy sort of starts to like try to get her attention, and because she like is in a lot of like films and like yeah she's like a really famous she's recognizable and so i guess he recognized her and i think he was like take your top off or something like yeah he's like show me your tits yeah just like really upsetting things and she was kind of ignoring him and then like uh, do you remember exactly he said something that like really like she froze oh he's like everyone's already seen them anyway oh yeah and she gets a flashback to when her shitty ass high school boyfriend who needs to be flushed down the toilet and also prosecuted for sending around nude pictures of a minor he sent the nude pictures that she sent him to the whole school right and so she freezes when that guy that random guy in the bar says that because she's like brought back to that really traumatic thing that happened to her and so she's just kind of like sitting there and then ethan sort of is also there and hearing the whole thing go and he sort of jumps in yeah because she's the whole time she's like don't get involved like don't do it like it's not worth it but then when she shuts down he's like i'm ready to fight yeah so he's kind of like you need to go basically and then eventually no, they go outside to fight like it's very clear they leave to fight i think he says something it seemed to me like he accidentally signed up to fight this guy like he says Uh to me like we need to go outside or like you need to get out side and then he follows him out and it says something like even didn't know why he was following him out and then he realized that he had like set this thing up where he's not supposed to fight him yeah the guy's like, he, like doesn't j- like bobbing him. on two feet like has this he's like let's go and ethan ethan i love it he goes out to fight this man and then he's like oh, i don't want to fight i just really want to recommend him therapy yeah. and teach him why he should respect women and he keeps trying to be like you know, like, would you ask Bruce Willis to walk across broken glass with his bare feet because he did yeah. it in Die Hard? No. So why are you asking? <laughs> yeah, he's, like, trying to give, like, helpful learning metaphors for this guy to understand, like, what informed consent is. Very drunk guy, too. Like, this guy is, like, very yeah. belligerently drunk. But wasn't the guy kind of, like, oh, okay? Like, I feel like he kind of at first he was, like... G- yeah, he got it. Well, Ethan was also, like, dude, like, I'm going to press charge it. Like, so I'm going to oh, call it. Like, yeah, you finally got through to him because he was like, I'm going to call the cops on you. Like, do you, you really yeah. want this on your record? Like, I thought you said you were looking for jobs, like, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Like, that did seem to get through to the guy where it was like, maybe yes. for a second they're not going to have to fight. But then, and then they're going to go away. But then the guy says something about Naomi. He's like, yeah. what's her pussy like? Or something yeah. like that. And Ethan's like, that's it. And he like swings around. But <laughs> Fully missed. And then he's like, and then Ethan was on the ground. <laughs> Yeah, gets punched in the face, ends up with a black eye, you know, the classic defending her honor situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Naomi's like, that did it for me. Like I just I just came a little bit. Absolutely. Like he gets punched while trying to teach this guy how to respect women. Like she yep. was like, Why is this the hottest thing I've ever seen in my life? Yep, yep, yep. And then I feel like they like she ends up driving him home. Oh, she gets him drunk. 
she gets him drunk she's like normally like to dull this kind of thing like i would fuck someone but like i can't fuck him so like we're gonna do the second best thing (laughs) like give him tequila shots And then she gets him really tipsy and then she drives him home and then she's like, oh, I kind of like him, but I like don't want to take advantage of him while he's drunk because I'm the one who got him drunk. Yeah. And he also like doesn't drink a lot. So it was like. Yeah, big- he's like a lightweight. But yeah, their yeah. faces are like close to close, like close in the car because she's like, you know, inspecting his bruise or whatever. And then he's like, can you help me find someone else to date? Oh, my God. <laughs> this was the craziest this was the, for me this was the craziest part because i was like what like <laughs> but it's so he it's like a panic response like he's like like later like we get a whole thing where he's like telling yeah, his sister he's like i don't, I don't know, know. <laughs> she was so pretty and i was drunk <laughs> it's crazy because yeah so he's like can you help me find someone to date like i think i want to i think he was trying to say like i think i want to get back out there and start dating aka i want to date you yeah but then he got down the wrong side yeah. and ended up being like I'm can you help me find someone and she's obviously crushed as he's getting out of the car she's like don't get your hopes up or like whatever and he's like I've had my hopes up since the day I met you and she interprets this as oh he can't wait for me to find him a girlfriend not he wants yeah. me to be his girlfriend. yeah like, no you I guys mean, I are it- hot dummies they my were they, yeah because then multiple times like because then like later they meet and she's like okay well like I'll help you describe your ideal woman to me and he's like how can I say things without her immediately realizing that I'm talking about her and I'm like or you could just tell her it's her well he does tell her that he doesn't actually want her to find him a girlfriend but then she's like no I'm gonna do it you deserve love and he's like but he doesn't tell her why he doesn't tell yeah he says you know actually never mind and she's like well no like if you want to do that we're doing it and then he's like okay (laughs) because his sister was like either sister was like you should really just tell her the truth like tell her that you want he's like just just her. call her right now and be like hey i didn't mean yeah. that do you want to go on a date sometime and he calls her and right. he's like i'm on a boat <laughs> bye yeah 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 he really like, ethically he, failed on that i can relate absolutely <laughs> absolutely so then she's like looking for dates for him oh and then there's the softball thing yeah uh wait but right before that he's like in the car ride home he's like talking about how his mom's an agent and like how he doesn't want to use his like mom's connections to like mm-hmm. fill the synagogue or whatever and like I really appreciate you know like I I understand like not wanting to be involved in nepotism and like he makes a big stink multiple times and he doesn't want to like take congregants from other like synagogues like right. he just wants new people and I was like but this feels very eerily similar to the trope in billionaire romances, which is a subgenre, Taylor, billionaire romances, God. as you might guess. Be because funny. listen, who doesn't want like some rich guy comes in and like makes all your wildest dreams come true? <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie that I haven't thought about something similar, not yeah. with a guy, but I don't know if I'd read a book about that. We'll see. Maybe so the, there are a lot, but the billionaire romance is so often, and this is so irritating, and I'm not alone in finding this incredibly irritating, so I don't know why authors keep putting this in the book, but so many times he's like, oh, let me pay off all your student loans, like, to the girl, 
or he's like, let me like pay your rent or like move in with me because like you can't afford yes, like yes, your rent yes, or whatever. Yes. And, or he's like, let me buy you this nice dress. And she's yes. like, oh, I couldn't possibly, I no. couldn't accept his money. He'll, Are you serious? They'll think it's so common. No. And I, it's framed every time it's framed as a way to make us, to make it like clear to the reader that like she's not like other girl like she doesn't want him his money isn't important to her and I was like no take that money I was like especially (laughs) there is no way to be an ethical billionaire so the only ethical thing here is to take it take that money at least you know what it's going to you know like get your car get your dinner pay off your loans I was like you can love him listen if you tell me that you love him for him and not just his money Mm -hmm. that like I'm fine with that. I, mm-hmm. I'll believe you. Especially I don't need if it's you. A secret billionaire situation, and especially if it's like a, I didn't even know you were like that when we got together, kind of thing. Because then it's like, yeah. Even if it's not though, I'm I kind guess, of like, yeah. it's okay. Like people can give in different ways. People have different things to give. Some people yeah. have a lot of time and energy. Some people have a lot of interesting, fun hobbies you can do with them, and some people have a lot of money to spend. Maybe. On <laughs> Maybe his love language is gift giving. Gift giving. Yeah. I say take the gift. Take the gift. If he's offering, take the gift. Anyway, yeah. Either was kind of, I was like, this isn't quite as bad as the like, no, I couldn't possibly accept his money to pay off my student loans. But I was like, it's close. (laughs) I was like, you're, you're toeing the line here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, also because, I mean, I see what he's saying. I think, I think it's a little different than that. It's like, yeah, you wouldn't want like bought congregants because then it won't actually be like a community but if he's talking about just like using her connections to get more people to know about the synagogue then like people come if they want to come people are not going to be coming to synagogue like it's not just gonna be paying people to come yeah why can't she just be like yeah my son's a rabbi at this synagogue like they're doing cool things you know like yeah yeah. i guess maybe that's not who he wants in his community maybe yeah, well, he makes it. He's like, I don't want people who are just obsessed with appearance or whatever. But right. then later, the the synagogue that Naomi goes to, the one that he grew up in, also has like mm-hmm. famous people that go to it. Like it's a big time synagogue, right? But he's still and like, he, I like that. Yeah. and he's like, no, it's not like like they're like cool. Like they're still really like Naomi constantly is like, no, it's like you know, it's pretty big mm-hmm. and like well funded, but like everyone's really nice and like. So I was like, what's the truth, Ethan? Mm. which is it (laughs) now's the time to also bring up the numbers thing about this whole book which is that i'm like i don't know how big these people are thinking that reform congregations are but like at the end it said something about like two thousand people signed a petition for him to be reinstated as the rabbi i'm like two thousand people at a congregation is insane to me i have never heard of that like it could could, it's not necessarily two thousand people every we right no 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 of course of course like uh, like i feel like maximum though like on the high holidays maximum 500 people will come and that would be a lot of people mm. but in la in a in a huge city like in isn't LA, la the yeah. most populous city in the u.s so like yeah i'm still like there's so because there's so there's enough jews there's just so many synagogues i don't know yeah maybe, maybe i'm not understanding but to me that was a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of people. Yeah. But I guess I'm comparing it, and I guess it's not really comparable. I'm comparing it to, I'm just thinking of like the church I grew up in, like A, had to build a new building because it had mm-hmm. so many people and like the auditorium can fit, I don't know, probably like 
almost our high school class, probably about 500, like four or 500 people. And it was like, it always used to be full, like three services a week. And then like for the Christmas services, like they have to do like six like services because like everybody. So I was like, I feel like that's like, that could be 2000 people. I do feel like one thing that maybe, and like, maybe this is not an actual distinction, but to me, it seems like one is that I feel like churches are just generally like they get bigger than synagogues because like part of the thing about a synagogue is like the small communities feel of it. Uh And so like, I've never been to like, for example, a mega synagogue. I don't think that necessarily (laughs) in the same way, like a mega church, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like if it is 2000, that is like peak, like that is one of the largest because like I I go to one in Philly sometimes and there, you know, there's like 300, 400 people at like high holiday services. But yeah. like on the day to day, I don't know. We'll see. Well, it could also be like two thousand people sign the petition. They don't all have to be like official. They could be member. from the other synagogue yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll leave leeway. But I'm just saying that that's incredibly successful. You're like that is a popular synagogue, <laughs> right? I'm like now you're actually probably one of the largest ones in LA. Then, yeah. I mean, but sure, go for it. Go off. Clara is really good at marketing taylor she's really good at pr (laughs) he is she is and he's hot so like right well that yeah that actually really will do it which yeah which speaking of him being hot um now that he did the speed dating thing all the like jewish moms in the united states (laughs) think that he's like eligible and he like he's like my phone has not stopped ringing with like pictures of like eligible jewish women Right, right. Yeah, he's like being courted. People are like spotting him on the street. They're cornering him after services. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I Except love it. He hates it. Like, he's like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not ready. Like, I'm ready to date one person. Right, right. <laughs> it's this woman. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's super funny. But one of those things where he's getting cornered is after like the Friday night service like they have like a social hour like or whatever mm-hmm. like for at his synagogue um and he like we get a description of it being like oh like it's a good way to like catch up with friends and like unwind after like a long week like in preparation oh, this is the for the oneg weekend. shabbat the oneg shabbat yeah oh is that that what it is? i thought it was just like after like you know what i mean like we did the shabbat and then like it's that okay. yeah Okay. It is that. Yeah. I think they call it the oneg, which is interesting because I've heard that word but not used like that. But yeah. Yeah. Sounds okay. Sweet. But I thought, but I was like, honestly, like in our capitalist nine to five, Monday through Friday hellscape, that makes so much more sense. Right. Than Sunday service. Like it makes so much more sense to like start out your weekend with that, like whatever, like spiritual unwinding. I think it's amazing. I mean, I yeah, that's literally why I do douche about sometimes. But also, yeah, it's really nice to like go to services, eat some good food, hang out with people, and then like Saturday you're supposed to chill. Basically, yeah, like it makes much more sense to start your weekend like that than to like yeah. start your week like that. Like yeah. that's just. But honestly, that that feels very much like Christian. <laughs> <laughs> in yeah. terms of like, yeah, you're supposed to like base your whole week off of this rather than it being like something that like helps you unwind it's supposed to be something that like stiffens you up in Mm. terms of like like fortify quote-unquote fortifies you against the like temptation of the world or whatever wow yeah different that's different yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and and I don't know when he talks about this, but it's sometimes he's at some point he's talking about um physics and religion. And mm. he's like, Yeah, actually, like I like them for the same reasons because it's like exploring meaning or whatever. And I was like, it feels, I feel like for most people it would feel really incongruous, but I was like, I get it. Like that's very much like my mom has very much that same like approach to physics and is like very adamant about like physics and religion like being compatible and like not you know and I was like hmm small world yeah Yeah, I liked that he had like a rational like he was able to like rationalize like make those things like make sense for himself in that way yeah okay back to matchmaking Leah his sister comes in and she's like hey Naomi um his ex-girlfriend from camp um will probably be at the softball league so maybe you should join his softball team just right. to scope things out you know good job leah just- good sister <laughs> i was like excellent I- she doesn't even suspect it wonderful right. and they're like bacon like challah bread at the same time i was like this yeah another delicious thing another yeah. deli- i was like i want some bread right now <laughs> yes oh I remembered, I remembered the food that I was reading about yesterday during Yom Kippur that it was the Chinese food that she brought him. Uh, it was like, she put a piece of broccoli on her fork. Like, it's like, no. You're like, I want some lo <laughs> It was like fried garlic and onions. Like, it was very detailed. Yeah. And I was fasting. So, yes. Okay, yes. But so they're making challah bread, her and Le- Naomi and Leah. And then Leah's yeah. like trying to... Trying to basically be like, Naomi, spend more time with my brother, but like under the guise of you making a match for him. Which we love. We love meddling side characters. Yeah. So then, so Naomi's at the softball match and Ethan is like, I really don't want you here because Mm -hmm. you don't know how to play softball and I I really don't like to lose. And I was like, Right, which is also like an insane reaction. (laughs) It's really embarrassing, but like. (laughs) Yeah. He looks really hot. He looks really oh. hot. He's like really baseball pants that. do great things. Yeah, but right. And and then she's like coming out, and then he's like, "Yeah, no, you don't know." He well, he was like, "You've never." He didn't know that she didn't play, and then yeah. he found out, and he was like, "Oh, oh no, <laughs> maybe not." Meanwhile, the rest of his team are like octogenarians. Yeah, but he's like, "We've been trading, and they're very spry." It's like Maury's on the team. You know, <laughs> Maury is like, from my understanding, in my picture, a 65-year-old man. Yeah. With a limp. Like, yeah. it's not. <laughs> yeah. But he teaches, so he's teaching Naomi how to swing a bat, but he's mm-hmm. like doing it demonstration-wise instead of the traditional, like, rom-com, Ryan, like, he wraps his you. hands around. Yeah. And she's like, why isn't he making this a rom-com, rom-com moment? And I was and like, like, yeah, because, Ethan. He's trying to win. He's trying to to win the game he's like he's gonna actually teach you how to swing this bat right now he's not trying like because they also develop the bunt approach where where he's like okay you're actually gonna just have to bunt the ball like not actually hit it just hit it a little bit because she's like i'm a good runner yeah i'll still win for you yeah so she uses her sex appeal she does like a whole like introduction she distracts the pitcher and then the pitcher like throws really badly and she's like heck yeah <laughs> like runs to first oh and then he and then he's up yes and he hits her with a ball oh, which he's been worried about this whole time he's like I, she's I, gonna get hit by a ball <laughs> then he hits her with the ball yeah so then he oh and then he runs to her 
instead of running and she's like you idiot stop like run the bases like let us <laughs> yeah that was that was really yeah i loved it and later on she's like i thought you were obsessed with winning and he says i am but i'm more obsessed with you yeah <laughs> yeah so that's also kind of the moment where she's like, like realizes like oh, like oh he does like me yeah especially because yeah. they lose they lose and he doesn't even care right. that much about it because he's like you need an ice pack immediately yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah so they finally confess they finally confess they drive to the beach for some reason then they make out and they finally are like yes we are going to be in a relationship and they're going to do gonna the date. intimacy experiment this yes. is where the book is made. yes i was like we have the title i literally noted oh this is the name of the book was what i wrote so yes i was like wow this is late coming in but i appreciate it because you don't always get the title just like randomly right <laughs> thrown right. in and both of them but like the confession scene is so long because they're both and honestly like like she's so convinced that she's unlovable but he's right. like so aggressively committed to loving her and like i love the seat like when she's like no and he's like absolutely not like I'm, I'm gonna give you a hug right now <laughs> yeah yeah out. yeah so then they're like embarking on this whole mission of like they're gonna the plan is like they're like how do we do this what do we do and they're like we'll just like follow the lecture series as yeah. everyone should which is great so the first thing they do is they go on a first date in public and she gives him like a list of restaurants and he picks like the worst one and she's like oh no it's a bad sign but then he's like because it was a it. test also yeah was a test. like she was literally like i'm testing you yeah but yeah that he's like i picked it because it's the closest to your house and i didn't want you to have to like commute yeah. and she's like oh what <laughs> she's like it was not a factor Didn't i have think of the it. 404 yeah. era i have been bamboozled <laughs> right which if, if anyone has ever lived in la you know that that's a level of kindness oh. that's like actually unseen yeah. like when people ask me to go on dates near where i live it's like 10 plus 10 plus 10 immediately because yes, it is such a horrible thing to sit in traffic at rush hour. Yeah. Even in New York, I saw this, tw- I saw this Twitter thread, this X thread a while ago that was like someone, she, she was like, yeah, like this guy, like we were going to go on a date, but like all the bars that he picked were like in Brooklyn near him. And like, I live in like, like washington heights or something right and she was like like, she she was like i'm not going and there were so many people that were like pressed in their replies being like he probably just picked them because like those are the bars he knows like blah 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 blah. it's like well look at look for bars near her or just like in the middle you know what i mean just at least pick the halfway point and I was like, y'all don't understand. Like, you guys don't live in cities. Like, you drive 10 minutes to the nearest Applebee's and that's where right. you have all your dates. Like, you don't understand. I don't want to go an hour. That's, like, literally a long-distance relationship. Yeah. Like, the, like, there are parts of LA where it's, like, if you live in this place and this person lives, like, that far away, that's essentially, like, living in yeah. a different city. Like, I could go to New York from here in the same amount of time. Right. That you can go from Washington yeah. Heights to Bro- to Deep Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, so that's very cute. And he's very cute. And then her ex-girlfriend walks in, Jocelyn. And Jocelyn walks in with her wife. With her wife, yeah. Yeah. And it's very awkward. And they run out. And everyone runs away. And then Naomi is like, yeah, Jocelyn and I were dating. And it was really great. Um, But then she uh, proposed. And... 
And um, I ghosted her. And that's how we broke. <laughs> and then I just, she was like, I ran away and I never answered her calls again. <laughs> right. Like, like I fully ghosted her. And wasn't the reason that she got so freaked out because of the word always or something? It yeah. Was like- it was like triggered to her high school boyfriend who was like, oh, I'll always love you or whatever. Right. Yeah. The ring was inscribed with like with that word. always or whatever. Which to me, I wrote in the margins, what in all caps, because I was like, okay, I get it. I get that that's like triggering and upsetting for you. But I was shocked that it was to the level of ghosting and then it never was addressed after the fact. Because I was like, wait, so did you actually really like her though? And you just got like really freaked out by that one moment? Or were you also just not into the relationship? You know, like you didn't want to get Yeah. Insane. I was like, yeah. (laughs) The first time you're seeing it's the first like you time. didn't even you didn't even send her a breakup text you just right stopped it yeah oh yeah because it says here it says she'd love jocelyn and seen a future with her it yeah. had been the inscription on the ring of all things yesterday today always so i was like okay so you you love her you see a future with her the ring says a word that's it yeah. I mean, I guess it shows you the level of like how upsetting it was for her the first thing. I mean, it is like having your nudes leaked to your whole high school and then everyone, like including the bitch ass secretary, like telling you you deserved it. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that really. Yeah. Well, yeah. So then they but then they go to his house and then he makes pizza bagel bites, which is. And I was like, listen, if a man made me bagel bites, I would not be mad. I was like, no, I know it's I, like a low yeah. effort meal, but I'd be like, absolutely. That's a wonderful. full meal. That's a complete yeah. meal. Yeah. And then they have another meal, which is watching um, one of Naomi's videos. Oh, my um, God. One of her sex education videos, like how to like, like finger someone or like how to masturbate or whatever. So it's just her masturbating. Yeah. And they both like, they're not touching each other. Like basically they like his brain short circuits. He's like, I can't. He's like, I'm going to come right now. I honestly think this is the hottest scene in the book for me. Yeah. Because then it ends with her walking out the door. They don't have sex. Yeah. They just sit there next to each other and like watch this video and then like it's over and then she's like, okay, I'm going to go. But on the way out, she hands him her fucking, she takes off her underwear and puts it in his hand and walks out the door. Iconic. Yes. And then he, he jacks off to them. Yeah. Perfect. I think that was the best scene. <laughs> All the hottest, I feel like the hottest scenes are so very rarely just like the P and V scene, like the penetration scene. Yeah, because yeah. it's like more real, it's more realistic in terms of what people actually like to do. But yeah, that was good. I was very pro that scene. We love it. And that's also when he makes clear that he's not going to wait till marriage to have sex. Oh, with. yeah. That's when he's like, no, I wouldn't not want to see one of your videos. I just like was being respectful and not watching them unless you would want that yeah but it's not and like now he has free rape so he's video. like yeah all night like on the computer <laughs> not really Perhaps. i imagine that that's my head canon. um yeah. but yeah so they keep dating and she like she's like oh i really want to vote him and then she's like nervous about sex so like they start to have sex one time and she's like i don't know whether i can do this she gets like hung up i'm not oh, exactly yeah. sure what she gets hung up on but she gets nervous and then he just holds like they just cuddle yeah <laughs> And it's like, cute because she's like, oh, can we do that? And then, like, she's like, that's actually what I wanted to do more. Yeah. So, okay. So she gives it's the second to last lecture. It's week seven. It's about fucking. And she gives it and she goes up to the JCC 
oh, Jewish Community Center. I could not remember what that uh-huh. stood for. So she shows up there and there's like all these people that there's like press there because she's like talking about sex or whatever. And then she like does her presentation um, and she's like really vibing. But then Ethan, like they hear shouts from outside and basically oh, yeah. like someone came and photoshopped like Naomi's porn and put like Ethan's head on like Josh's body and like just did flyers everywhere like protest flyers like all over right because this was the week after the week where she had the lecture where she ended up telling the class that her and Ethan or Ethan ended up telling the class that they were dating because before that it was all a secret and then somehow from that someone obviously like that people knew then that they were dating and then so then on her lecture on sex the poster thing happened and then and starts freaking out a little bit, but then she's like, "No, I want to go back inside and finish my lecture." Yeah, like I want to get you out of here. Yeah, and the little community are all like so support. They're like, "Oh, are you okay?" Like she's really built. She's like accidentally created a community. For yeah, and then like stand by the door to like guard the door for yeah. her. Yeah, it's lovely. And then they go home, and what do they do? But they have sex for the first time. And I must have missed um, when they went home because he. The sex scene begins with him getting on his knees and like eating her out. He's like, please and thank you. No bagel yes. bites for me, only pussy. And when this scene began, I was like, wait, 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 wait. I was like, when do they go home? Are they in the, are they in the JCC? A, they like really like wrapped it the fuck up quickly. Cause I also was like, wait, wait this is happening right now. I just like thought there was yeah. gonna be more fallout from the from the incident and instead it was just a sex scene yeah i mean there is in terms of like it making them both realize like what the stakes are yeah but that okay so in this sex scene i would just like to point out uh, that we get a tease of butt stuff that never never happens and it is my ongoing complaint when <laughs> authors talk about butt stuff and don't follow through wait but yeah, you're right. It wasn't followed through on fully, but Ever. in the epilogue, no, in the epilogue, <laughs> there is something. There is something in the epilogue about he's like, we can try that thing we've been talking about. Yeah, but they don't do it. It's not on page. It's, it's once on again, page. it's a tease. At what point, like someone strokes someone's asshole and like that helps them come. I don't know which direction it is, but yeah, there's no butt stuff. I want you yeah. know. She needs, you're telling me Naomi doesn't have a strap on? Lies. Also, at one point, she was like, so, like she's like, oh, he has such a great ass. Like, someone's getting spanked later. She talks about his and ass And I was like, when? Yeah, all when? the time. She talks about his ass. Like, it's like, Rosie? every sex scene, or every time she's checking him out, it's like, and his cute ass. Isn't yeah. it? Listen, Rosie, they're bet you need to write two more books. I just I need these bonus scenes. Okay. Let's get it together. Let's get it together. Let's get it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, okay. So you also we'll we'll have to circle back to this. I don't know where the cats come in, but relevant to the sex scene is also the cat metaphor. Did you catch that? I did not. What's oh my the god. Cat metaphor? Oh my I'm god. I'm so excited to tell you this. I so, read from the text. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. I'm I'm pulling this out. I'm pretty sure it's after the weird thing, after the whole incident with the with the lecture series, and then they go back to Ethan's house, and then he's really upset, and she's like, "Okay, you know what? Like, 
you know how you sometimes explain things with a metaphor during a sermon like I'm gonna try to do something like that and then she's like once upon a time and then he's like upset about the once upon a time and she's like okay once upon a time there was this cat and she grew up in a nice cat home and had everything a cat would want but then one day she met a boy and this boy was very mean to her and she figured that all boys all people were probably mean as well so she decided to get tough grew out her claws learned to fight she let herself become mean too and then he's like the poor cat anyway it goes on and like yeah she's basically analogizes herself to like a cat and then she's like but then the cat learns to cuddle but then like sometimes she still scratches the boy just to see if he'll still cuddle her yeah the cat there is a cat I do remember that now. For some reason, I didn't process it. I was just like very into it. I I think because I'd so firmly established from the get-go that Naomi was a black cat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's already been established. I don't even need any more evidence. Like I already know right. he's a cat, but excellent. We got a whole cat metaphor. We mm-hmm. love to see it. Yes, it's in there. So the next morning, Naomi doesn't have salt, which is insane. Why doesn't she have any salt in her house? Yeah. It's pretty wild that she doesn't think that it's an issue. She's like, I just order takeout all the time. And I was like, I know for a fact that takeout always comes with little salt packets. Do you just not she keep the packets? Say, well, she did say I might have a little packet. She did say I might have oh, a little okay. packet. But, you know, I've 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 dated people. I've spent time in people's houses who don't cook. They still have salt and pepper. I've yeah. never encountered a no salt and pepper household. I just feel like butter, milk, salt and pepper. Those are like the staples Milk might be pushing it, but butter, salt, and pepper. Milk, some, some sort of cream or creamer or like something to put in coffee. Right. Something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, pretty low. But basically, Naomi's like ready to commit. She's like, I want to be with this man forever. And she's like hinting at it. But like, Ethan is being a little emotional baby and being like, mm. I really want a future with her. But uh, I don't want to make her life hard. So like, I can't tell her at all. And he's just being a little self-sacrificing baby. And listen, I can respect it. But also I'm like, get your head out of your butt because nothing else is in there. Yeah. And she's like, oh, the fact that he doesn't want this now means that like he must not actually like me because before he said he really wanted to have like a wife and kids. And now he's not saying So that must mean that therefore he doesn't like me. Yeah. Yeah. Which is time. I I get that. Yeah. So now it's time for the big third act breakup. Which I didn't remember happening. I thought this book was one of the rare ones that doesn't have a third act breakup. But alas, it does. And basically, the board is like, Naomi, we're getting threats because of her. Also, her mom's not Jewish. Also, she sucks. Um, And you have to break up with her or we're going to fire you. And he is like, you can't fire me because I quit. (laughs) And he storms out. And I was like, we love a principled man. And yet, he comes back and he is like, I quit. Because they wanted me to break up with you. And she's like, um, I'm going to break up with you then. Yeah, she's basically just like, absolutely not. No, under no circumstance. Because this is also her biggest fear the whole time about them being together was that he was going to, it was going to affect his job. And he's like, I love you. And she's like, no, we've had yeah. a good run. I'm going to go. <laughs> right. Well, first she's like, okay, do it then. And then he's like, I'm not breaking up with you. And then she's like, okay, bye. <laughs> She's like, okay, I got to do everything myself, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Making her seem much more, like, nonchalant about this than she is in the scene. She's well, like, she kind of, I feel like in the scene, she was kind of nonchalant. Her words are, but internally, she's like, her heart's breaking. Yeah. Yeah. Internally, she's, like, devastated. Yeah. 
And then so devastated that her friends are like, you need serious help. And then Clara is like, I made a list of things to help you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. So we get this. So it's been a recurring thing that her old high school asked her oh, to yeah. give like a talk about sex education. And she's like, no, I hate that. Right. And then they finally reached out to Clara. And Clara's like, so I said that you would do it. Uh, here's, here's a plane, plane ticket. ticket. <laughs> no, he's like, well, at least she sprung for first class. Right. I mean, honestly, I'm very pro Clara in this whole book because of that. Because yeah. I'm like, you're a good friend. Like, you saw, you saw the need. You met the, you met the challenge. We love to see it. Yeah. So she goes and she gives this talk. She's still very sad, and Ethan is a sad boy, and they're all sad people being mm-hmm. hot dummies and not being together. And she goes and gives the talk, and she snaps back at that mean secretary who was mean. To her oh yeah, because like, here's like, oh, so you went here, and she's like, yeah, I went here, and my ex boyfriend leaked all these new photos of me, and I walked into the room to the office to hear you calling me a slut on the phone and telling me like saying I deserved it right and the secretary is so, like oh and she's like bye the secretary has nothing to say about that <laughs> yeah she's like fuck you yeah. and then she goes up on stage she's like actually fuck all y'all and she does the like last lecture of the right. series and she's right. like talking about the future or whatever yeah. And all the kids are inspired. It's like a very much like, and then everybody clapped. Like, because all the kids like take out their notebooks and start filming. Yeah. Because it's also a thing. It's about like how to break up with someone or how to deal with a breakup. It's like the last lecture. And so I feel like it, yeah. It's 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 like the tips that were given, the list of things to do that she made about like what to do during a breakup. I was literally jotting stuff down. I was like, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, like this is good good. advice. Yeah, and then she's like, she has an epiphany. She's like, actually, I'm gonna go go back together with Ethan. Well, and she gets the email. She gets the email from Ethan. Well, from the listserv. She's Ethan sends an email to the listserv, being like, "I'm doing the last lecture series at this bar." And as she's on stage, she sees the email, and then she's like, "I gotta go." And like, it was the end of the lecture, so she bops out, and then presumably she flies back to California, and like shows up while Ethan's giving the lecture yeah and he's giving like a big speech about right how he loves her basically but in like metaphors (laughs) (laughs) and then they get back together it's very cute and then because this is a romance novel and it's got to be a full HEA in walks Ira and he's like guess what motherfucker you can have your job back Jonathan resigned He's like, I was like, hey, maybe we should consider uh, reinstating the lecture series because we got a bunch of new people and that was actually a good idea. And Jonathan quit in protest. So he's got his job. He's got he's got Naomi together. Shit is good. And then there's the epilogue where they go to Josh and Claire's wedding, which I now understand as like more meaningful for people who read the first book. Yeah. Yeah. Josh and Claire get married. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they go to their engagement party and Ethan, like, sneaks in and starts washing dishes. Yeah. He's like, it's so annoying to, like, wake up dirty dishes after a party. So I just want to help out. Right. Yeah. For context, like, he literally goes to the the engagement party of his girlfriend's ex-boyfriend slash former co-star performer slash person that she's described as the best sex of her life in numerous interviews right and he just goes and he has a wonderful time and meets all of her friends and (laughs) is charming and cute and then does the dishes and then later he's like so um challenge accepted i'm gonna give her the new best sex of her life and he does right 
And he does. And then, and, and he believes her when she says it. Yes. Well, cause he's like, he's like, I know what good sex feels like. Like I know he's cause like you, he's like, you can tell when a woman comes versus right. when she's faking it. If you're actually paying attention. And he's like, yeah. I know that I just rocked your fucking world. And that's the end. Oh, they're engaged in that blog. Oh yeah. They, they are. They they're revealed engaged. that they're engaged. Yeah. But they brought nary a butt bug to this yeah. wedding. Okay. Time for the cat scale. I do feel like this, you know, it's not cat forward, I would say. Like no. cats, cats don't come across in much of it. But like I said, that one metaphor with the cats was pretty key because it was like basically her being like, I am a cat. Like my entire my entire personality, like my whole walls up, like I strike yeah. first but actually I'm cuddly, but like, it takes a while to cuddle me. Like she is a cat. And she said that. So I wouldn't say it's like, I wouldn't put it as like, I think it's got to at least be. Yeah. It's like definitely bid. Or like, it's like, it's in there. There is an alternate version of this book in which she's a surprise shifter at the end. Right. If cat vibes also count, I would give it like a five because I feel like her whole thing. I'd say cat vibes also count. The cuddling yeah. incident, you know, she's like, oh, yeah. when we had to cuddle, it's like, yeah, like that's like it was what very cats cute. Do. Yeah, I would give it a five. I would give it a five. Okay. There could be more cats. There could be more. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of cat language. I feel like I agree with five. You agree with five? Five makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Taylor, would you would you like them to be able to find you anywhere? Or would you like them to never know where to find you ever? Up to you. Oh, they can find me. They can find me on Instagram, I guess. You know, sometimes I do post things for the masses on Instagram. My Instagram is taebae65, T-A-E-B-A-E-6-5. It is a public nice. Instagram, so that feels oh, fair. I'll link it below. Yeah. Do you have I don't any think articles? my takes were too hot. Have you published to... any articles that you want people to know about? You can be on the lookout, actually. Um, yeah, for my uh, legal um, scholar piece that will be published in the Duke Mini Awards Journal. For gender Ooh. and sexuality in the law, it is about Very exciting. It is about uh, queer and trans foster youth of color. Okay, so that's where you can find Taylor. You can find us as ever at We Read It One Night on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at We Read It Podcast on Twitter, and that's you can email us We Read It One Night at gmail.com. Be sure to check out our Etsy shop, Evelyn Adelaide, where you can find bookish fandom and most importantly, sapphic apparel. Thank you for listening. Godspeed, comrades. Godspeed. Godspeed.